Great, thank you. Um, my name is Bridget, and I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> thank you for letting me uh, share my my story with you tonight. Um, I think I always was a compulsive overeater, but I don't know if I ever really would have classified myself as that or understood it. Um, there's two points in my life. I think one where I gave myself over to the disease um, and one where that compulsion was uh, lifted when I surrendered my food to my higher power. Um, you know, my earliest memory, you know, is growing up in a very addictive family. Uh, there were definitely different compulsions and such, but, you know, that was, you know, for them to identify, not me. But I learned, you know, very well. My grandfather would take me to the corner grocery store. I would start with this story. And so he could buy his two six packs of beer, and then he would buy me candy. So when he went home and hid those beer bottles, I wouldn't tell on him. Well, my, you know, he'd get drunk, and then my grandmother would find out, and so she'd pressure me, and my mom would pressure me, and they'd treat, you know, they'd bribe me also with sweets. And so I learned I would, uh, you know, give half of them up. So I tried to make sure And I learned early on to play both sides against the middle. Food as a reward was instilled early on. Um, as a child, I remember feeling inadequate because I was tall for my age, almost a head taller than my peers. And I think I was fat, uh, yeah, but I wasn't skinny. Uh, my mom, who was a model in Germany, you know, just wanted me to follow in her footsteps. And I did the pageant stuff, but was, you know, never won anything that I remember wasn't really very good at it. Um, so I don't remember why I stopped, but I know I wasn't winning. And when I was eight, you know, she took me to Weight Watchers. I had to get a doctor's permission note to get me in. I'm thinking I was probably maybe 20, 25 pounds heavy at that time. Um, you know, and again, that instilled in me this diet mentality uh, that, that that's lasted my entire life. It's something my sponsor's working on with me to overcome, but always not a diet club or a diet program. I've done the diet club routine, and I can probably honestly say I've gained and lost probably a thousand pounds on all those programs. I mean, the stress that did to my body and that mentality of thinking uh, starvation, and it was never enough. I would never hit that goal weight. Um, I would get to a weight I was comfortable, and then as soon as I started thinking, "Hey, this is this is I got this," um, and then I'd start eating what I would consider normal. Well, my version of what normal is and what normal really is are two different things. Um, you know, growing up alone, latchkey kid, parents divorced when I was 10, lots of anger, repressed feelings. Um, and somehow or another, I was boy crazy. And I always thought that if boys, you know, why didn't boys like me? My mom says, well, you know, if you just lost some weight, they'd like you. So again, that weight was, you know, and the focus and consciousness about weight was instilled very early on. On the spiritual side, I was raised Catholic, and that, to me, gave me a solid foundation of faith. I believed in God, but I really didn't understand it, and I kind of treated God as like the wish genie. Uh, you pr get, you learn how to pray as a Catholic, you know, and it's all, you know, hey, you know, I need this, I need this, God do this for me, God do that for me. And, you know, 
those prayers don't often get answered. But, uh, you know, I struggled with my weight and always prayed for God to take it away. You know, and I talked freely about my spirituality and my faith. And somebody asked me in program, it's like, if you have this faith, and this is a spiritual program, you know, why didn't that work for you? And now today I can honestly answer that and I say, well, I wasn't worshiping God. I was worshiping the food. I would be in those church pews praying for God to, you know, make me skinny. And my next thoughts would, ooh, where do I go for lunch? You know, it was just this duality that I had, uh, you know, and once I came into program and learned that I was worshiping the food and I can't have two masters. And, you know, when I was in the food, I couldn't hear what God wanted me to do and, and do the things that I needed to do to get well. And, you know, today I hear that voice much, much clearer and have, have a better understanding of, you know, what my role in life is. And as, as long as I'm not in the food, um, I can focus on my spirituality. You know, back to boys and relationships, you know, I was date raped when I was 17 and that started another cycle where I mixed up, you know, sex with love and I acted out after that, um, could never understand, you know, that I was just giving myself away at that point. Um, I actually stopped eating at, at that point after that. I was just stressed and afraid and I dropped that was probably the first time in my life I was at goal weight because I was skinnier than my mom. I fit into her clothes better than she did. But uh, boys did not talk to me. My, you know, I got a clear picture. I got skinny, but I didn't understand any of it. And, you know, nothing worked the way I wanted to. Again, program talk, looking back, you know, I was still trying to direct my own life. And everything I realized, go, you know, growing up, that whole you know chapter, I think it's in chapter three or four of the big book. It's like, yeah, I tried to be the, my own director, and when people didn't do what I wanted them to do, it's like, how dare they? I was just so, <laughs> you know, all about me. Um, I think I tried away for about four weeks when I was 22. Um, I didn't do what my sponsor told me to do. They fired me after about three or four weeks, and I noped out of there, not ready to hear what the program had to offer because it was I thought it was all about trying to control things. But I did get into therapy, other self-help groups. I stopped the sexual behavior, <coughs> really got, you know, I, was, I graduated from college, got some things put together. I met my husband, a wonderful man. We got married, and, you know, for the next 10 years, just kind of lived life and he enjoyed food. I enjoyed food. The weight kept getting, you know, putting on slowly and slowly. And then about 10 years into our marriage, we both kind of looked at each other and I finally said, okay, I want kids. I didn't want kids. I really didn't. And I was scared to have them, but things were happening and I realized, no, I kind of want kids now. So boom, I got pregnant. And I was in Weight Watchers at the time. Again, still trying to control my weight. And I remember going to Weight Watchers telling them I was pregnant and say, oh, well, you can't be on our program when you're pregnant. And I just remember just going, yes, I could eat for two now. And I didn't stop. That 
be, I wasn't happy about being pregnant. I was happy about being able to eat. And that's when I think I really succumbed to my disease. Uh, I was about two, two, my high 200s at that point, And I went to 350 in like a heartbeat. And I basically bounced the last 20 years between 311 pounds. And I think the highest was 387 pounds. But that was that point. Food had become my higher power. So, but how I solved that is like, you know what? I'm going to shove down my emotions, stop crying, stop feelings. I had highs and lows, but mostly I kept things in the middle of the road. But I was overweight, emotionless, scared, weak, and I gave away my power and my voice. I kept my true feelings inside. I thought I had control, but I didn't. And I thought that all I need to do to be better than everyone else, not to be the same, but mostly to be accepted, is that I had to do everything. So I worked hard. I worked full-time, raised my two kids, took care of my husband. In my 40s, I was involved on the PTA, leading committees, volunteering as room mom, mostly out of guilt because I was working and couldn't focus on raising my kids. I taught Sunday school. I led the Cub Scouts because nobody else would stand up and go do that. And uh, I go to a Saturday morning meeting where we read uh, out of the uh, no, the Monday nights, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And there was a passage in there where a woman started taking over her uh, OA meeting, setting up the chairs, putting up, she did all the jobs and all the functions. And eventually people stopped coming because there was no place for them. And I was able to see that, you know, I was pushing people away when I really wanted to have them closer. And I had no idea I was doing that. So OA is really, you know, all all of the the meetings and the feedback, it's like, oh, duh. So what got me here to OA? Um, I'm a little over two and a half years in program. Uh, I was about 350 pounds. My body was finally giving out to where I had bone and bone arthritis in both hips. I could not walk. I was with a cane or a walker. Uh, even a wheelchair at, for some functions. Um, I couldn't even get up front of my chair and make the bathroom on time half the time. So I was working from home. Luckily, it was COVID. Um, my mom was having major issues now with dementia, and I was just so angry and resentful with her. And even I was praying for help, and I just I knew God couldn't hear me through my anger. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know what to do about it. Um, so I finally called the therapist again and said, okay, hey, you know what, I, I don't know what to do. And again, that's a God thing that got me to this particular therapist because I could choose from them. She had a bunch of letters after her name, but she was the only one working out of her office, so I picked her. And she happened to be an addiction therapist. And she mentioned OA and told me, okay, I mean, literally, 10 minutes of talking to me, she said, have you ever considered you might be a compulsive overeater? I was like, well, yeah. Duh, here I'm just like, I'm, I'm struggling. She says, go to an OA meeting, come back and tell me what they say. And I did it. It took me three days to get there, but I did it. And I picked a Thursday night meeting in Orange County um, that was unlike anything I'd ever been to before. And, and I go back and I tell her, she goes, well, what was it like? And I went, I know what I'm doing there. But I don't know what those people are doing there. They're happy. They're free. They, they're serene. They're like, they're skinny. I don't know what they're doing there. She just smiled and said, look, go back. 
and really listen to what they have to say and then do what they tell you to do. Of course, I went back and it's all get a sponsor, follow directions. Like, uh, okay. So I made my list. Uh, I had preconceived notions about everyone. Called the first one on the list. I just, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to get the food program. Let me just let me just do the food. And so I kept trying to get him to tell me what he ate, and he just kept talking about God. And I'm going, okay, this is weird. You know, and I said, well, I'm spiritual. This is not a problem. Okay, just what do you, you know. And about 20 minutes in, as I'm crying on the phone, and I, I did a lot of crying in those days, and uh, he asked me the question, you know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, get rid of this compulsion and, and you know, have a better life? And I'm yes or no. He says just, and it, all he wanted was a yes or a no, not any other words. I started going, and I knew what he was asking me. I'm going, holy crap, this isn't going to, according to my script. Now what do I do? And I had the most profound experience. I literally had like an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, you know, just like those cartoons. And it was like I'm going, I'm having this out-of-body experience watching myself argue, my, my addiction argue with my higher power. And, you know, my addiction's going, you need this. You need to surrender, otherwise you will die. And my addiction was going, <laughs> you do that, you'll never have chocolate cake again. You'll never have this. You can't do this. It took me maybe 10 minutes. It just seemed like forever. And I finally, I said, I hummed and hawed. He, he gave me the time to think, and I went, okay, yes. As soon as I said yes, that internal battle stopped. My compulsion got pushed to the back. Still there. I'm still a compulsive overeater. I'm not cured. Um, but I am recovering. And it just, everything started to happen. Oh, yeah. And the other thing with my uh, bone and bone arthritis, my orthopedic surgeon said he wouldn't operate on me because I was 80 pounds overweight, gave me a brochure for back gastric bypass, and my response to that was gaining 20 pounds. That's what got me to the therapist. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm sitting there going, okay, I can't do the gastric bypass. It's it's a tool. People have used it. I know people who have done very well on it. I knew that I couldn't do it until I got my eating under control because it, I would I would eat my way out of the sleep. I just knew that. And um, But things got calmer. I was on a food plan. I ate three meals a day. I... I didn't have to be superwoman. I started taking things as they come. My sponsor had me, you know, do a daily routine. Basically, I wake up, I pray to God, I do my four today. Um, I do three meals a day that I text them before I eat. Uh, um, write out of the big, read and write the big book every day. I go to four meetings a week. I make three outreach calls a day. I receive more. I pray different as well. I pray to God to make his will known to me instead of listing my wants. Gentle reminder. Oh, thank you. I differentiate between my disease and my higher powers. My disease is in my head. It's cunning, baffling, and powerful where my higher power is in my heart. Sometimes they kind of flip, but it's you know, just kind of locale there. And when I first started the program, I said the voices in my head were louder than the voices in my heart. And today I get to hear the wonderful things that people talk about and actually do that. 
uh, first six months, I got my hips, my left, no, my right hip done. And then a year later, my left hip done. So I'm walking now. I'm down 125 pounds. Um, I'm no longer morbidly obese. My, I was going to probably go on five different medications. Um, my cholesterol is down in the normal range. My blood pressure is down in the normal range. My LDLs are down, um, still continuing to go down. Um, my glucose is down. You know, all, all, I'm not on any medications. Never had to, never had to go on them, but I was going to. And the spiritual part of my recovery is really the most amazing part. Um, you know, OA allows us to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as or a higher power as we understand him. My disease is cunning, baffling, powerful, and patient. And it's there in the corner doing push-ups. And when I don't do my stuff, you know, it comes right back again. And But as long as I'm doing program and focusing on other things, you know, I get to go now be a counselor at a foster camp this summer. That was what I've been called to do. And as I'm telling what the story during the interview, my, you know, she's saying, you're going to touch a lot of people. So there's more to my life and service than I've ever dreamed possible. But it's not about me. You know, it's, it could be, a, I, oh, my ego, I get to go do these things. But no, it's not anything I've done. My higher power took this away. You know, and I can take it right back if I ever feel like I need to be in control again. All I get is one day, you know, and it, I, as long as I do my program, you know, that's what I get for abstinence. So I think we're, we're coming up at time, and I encourage you, if you haven't, to go get a sponsor and follow directions and surrender and do what you need to do just for a day. You know, don't worry about all the pounds and all the, t I mean, I just did it one day and all of a sudden it's like, you know, wow, here I am. I still think I have more to go, but, you know, I've plateaued. So maybe this is it. I don't know. But I've learned my weight is no longer, you know, my concern. I don't have to worry about it. It's up to God. It's none of my business. You know, everything else that I do, I do in fulfillment of the promises in the program. And that's my story. So there's hope. My name is Bridget, and my phone number is 714-395-9294.